ringing. Hello? This call is being recorded. Hello. Is this Pastor Chester Hitchcock? Yes, it is. Excellent. This is Jess Dominic from Bullet and Flight Radio. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you today? <laughs> Fantastic. I know that you are a very busy man, very busy pastor. You are a very busy advocate, and uh, we don't want to keep you long, but you are a highlighted uh, person on Bullet and Flight Radio and on our website, and fans have been tuning in from all around the world. So do you have a few minutes to talk to us today? Uh, I would love to talk with you today. Thank you for your ministry, <laughs> and thank you for the opportunity to have a conversation here with you. Oh, my pleasure, and likewise. So my first question is, tell us, Pastor Hitchcock, how did you first get involved in this type of ministry, inclusion? Well, I retired um, back in 2019, and probably about three years before retiring, I had two women to walk into my church with two children. And just thought nothing of it and welcomed them and had a brief conversation. And after church, come to find out that it was a husband and a wife and the husband had transgendered. And in, in, yeah, in a um, conservative church, uh, I knew that there were going to be some challenges there. Uh, I had never really studied a whole lot about what they refer to as the clobber verses. Um, but I certainly know the gospel, and I wanted them to feel welcome in our church, even though I knew that there would be a lot of questions asked. Um, and they um, became a part of our church, um, mostly just attending week by week and bringing their children and participating in things. And um, about a year had gone by when um, the transgender woman said that she would like to be baptized. Um, I was excited to do so, but knew that that too would come with some challenges uh, or questions, maybe I should say. Um, so we spent some time talking together about, you know, why she wanted to be baptized and those kinds of things, answered any questions that she wanted. Um, uh, but I also felt that it was time for me to really study up on these clobber verses and had been looking at them ever since they'd been uh, attending and just really felt that Lido loving everyone. And um, so I baptized her. Uh, in the process of that, I just realized there is a need for people to understand what the Bible really says about this so that these folks can feel welcome in churches when they attend. And they had both told me, you know, about how they had visited some churches and were told to leave and never come back. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I just felt that it was really necessary to not only study it for myself, but to get the message out for others to understand who God is and how the gospel reaches out to all people, including those who are LGBTQ plus. Now that's just a thumbnail sketch. I could probably talk on here for hours <laughs> about that, but that's, that, that's kind of the gist of where this really started. Wow. Wow. And that is so deep. 
for for me it is it's so interesting to see a cis hetero male and one who is Caucasian have so much compassion as well. And that, thank you. I don't mean to be thank offensive you. in any way. Hopefully, no, I wasn't. I'm you. You are not at all. I am thrilled. I am thrilled by the compliment. So thank you. Well, it, it it has often brought tears to my eyes to hear you speak on your YouTube channel on the different subjects and topics that you that you engage in, and you're so passionate. And sometimes there have been negative comments I have read, and you just with so much grace and and godly love push past all of that to tell the truth, and that again makes. My eyes. <laughs> well, oh, praise the Lord. With tears because Lord. That's, a lot of people don't have that kind of compassion, that type type of uh, uh, courtesy and kindness, and and display that type of Christian love. And I just, you you really just knocked me out. <laughs> well, well, it. thank you very much. You know, it is important. It's very helpful to get those encouraging words because as you said I I get my share of negative criticism and in the process of that what really keeps me going is to hear other people say hey well done thank you this has been helpful um and and to partner with other ministries that are trying to do the same same thing so I just want you to know how helpful it is for allies to hear the encouragement you know, it's we need it. So thank you. Yes. Yes. Well, amen. I I, I am on the sidelines rooting you on for sure. <laughs> Cheering <Okay>. you on. <laughs> what Praise a the work Lord. you're doing. <laughs> Hallelujah. So now, thank to, you. <laughs> to lighten it up just a little bit, I want to ask you: Do you play any instruments, or do you have any secret talents? Well, I love to play the guitar. Uh, I'm, I'm not any. I am not an accomplished guitarist by any stretch of the uh, imagination. But I probably have about seven or eight guitars, and I play mandolin and ukulele. Um, so you know, when I was in oh, church cool. and there were other people around, you know, then I could play the different instruments, but mostly the guitar. Which, by the way, the transgender woman who came and joined our church, she was so talented. And she played piano, she played bass guitar, so it was not uncommon for um, me to play a special music with her accompaniment. So I'd be playing my, wow. my guitar while she was playing bass or drums or, 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 or the piano. So it was wonderful, wonderful. And, you know, music is another thing that helps mm -hmm. unite people of all different races, genders, uh, as we know, nationality, all over the world. We yes. all enjoy good music everywhere. Yes. And Amen. Is, Amen. Yeah. And so it's so encouraging to hear and interesting to hear how you bonded over music. That's part of why I brought this up, because a lot of people think, oh, he's a pastor. He does everything right. He's goody, goody. And I can't relate <laughs> to someone like that. And for... Yeah. Everyone, <laughs> look, you laughed. <laughs> Everyone that's listening, you need to know that people are people. And Pastor Chester, though I've just met him, is a person just with compassion. And uh, God has given him a a uh, a cross for humanity, if I can say mm. say it that way. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so, but you're still a regular person. 
there's still things that yeah, you like oh, to yeah. do. And you can relate to all of us on some level, so that's part of why. So that's really interesting to hear that this transgender uh, sister in, in, in faith, sister in the Lord, was such a talented musician. So funny, oh my, we just oh don't know goodness. who people are. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We were so blessed by her uh, participation, that's for sure. Wow. So can I ask you, where do you see your ministry? Now, I know you have the gospel ministry, the memory course, gospel uh-huh. memory course that right. um, you've been setting up all of these beautiful lessons for the past, is it three years now? Well, actually, the Gospel Memory Course is something that I developed back in 2002. Oh, okay. Tell um, us about I, it. Yes, I, um, I took a, um, a memory course when I was in college. Someone, people may have heard about this. It's called the Mega Memory Course by Kevin Trudeau. Uh, it was advertised on late night infomercials, <laughs> okay. and uh, I, I took that memory course, and from that memory course, I developed a gospel memory course to use the techniques in that course to teach where to find things in the New Testament, not not necessarily learning text verbatim, but learning where to find them. Um, if you're talking with someone, you say, I know there's a story in the Bible about, you know, well, this really helps you to find that. I reached out to Kevin Trudeau to say, hey, would you publish this for me? Well, he was too busy, but his compliance officer uh, published it for me. He invested $20,000 in investing this and in promoting it. Uh, At that time, put it on CD. I mean, that was in 2002. Uh, later on to DVD, or, or, or I'm sorry, first on cassette, then on CD. Okay. And I taught it in camp meetings. I taught it in churches that would invite me to come a- and teach it. And um, so now what, in fact, in fact, when you called, I am just now setting up a um, online um, gospel memory course to where people can just go online and uh, take it right there visual because I've I've made it into videos now instead of just audio uh, so people can watch me uh, it, it's it's funny it's silly you use very creative pictures in these uh, it's kind of hard to explain but it is so much fun uh, so hundreds of people have taken that I'm, I'm very passionate about that but those are my two passions First, that of, well, maybe not first, together, teaching people where to find things in the, in the Bible, particularly the New Testament, and secondly, being an ally for the LGBTQ plus community. Those are my passions in retirement. <laughs> this is so awesome. You, you know, I, for, for folks who, and I know the LGBT community uh, often from my conversations with people in the LGBT community, often say, I really don't want to know what the Bible says because it has often been weaponized against Oh, yes. Oh, and I yes. have often replied, you actually should know what the Bible uh, has to say, something that should be curious to you because what they say is not true. And Amen. what is actually in the Bible is a message of love. Amen. Amen. From what I have read, there are LGBT individuals in the Bible, and the first one that comes to mind is Daniel. 
the first three chapters of uh, Daniel go over his personal life, and there are no women <laughs> attached to his personal life. In, in yeah, yeah. And and if people would only get into that, because even even what they refer to as the clobber verses, do not clobber. No. It's the misunderstanding, the mistranslation, the misinterpretation, application of those verses that clobber. Those verses do not clobber the LGBTQ plus community. And not. and so if my 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 hope and my prayer and my passion is as I bond with more and more LGBTQ plus people to help them to understand that as a pastor, I'm letting them know that God is not homophobic and the Bible is not anti-gay, that, that they will say, hey, I want to know more about the Bible and, and these awesome, beautiful stories, you know? Exactly. So, yes. You know, the, the power that the enemy has usurped over God's people, I believe, over the past couple of centuries has been mm-hmm. taking right. us out of the Bible in a way that we can't see ourselves. If you can't see that you're made in God's image and likeness, then you don't see mm-hmm. yourself as holy, as sacred, as worthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts Amen. on that? Well, I, I, I really believe that, that we are created in God's image. And and in God's image, God was one who enjoyed variety. I mean, just look at nature around us, you know? Uh, The way people try to skirt around and try to explain things that they don't understand. Why can't we just say there are some things we don't understand? I I don't understand why God made a giraffe. Why did he need to make his neck up so high, you know? But he yeah. enjoys variety, and so the whole idea of, of understanding that God creates human beings more than binary, yeah. just because we can't understand that, all we've got to do is look around and, and stop judging people and realize God is creative like that. I mean, we have different color eyes, we have different color skin, we have you know, different types of hair, and all. why can't we have more than binary gender. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's never been taught in church that, that God said, I am both your mother and your father. I am the oh, yes. one. Oh, and yes. those scriptures are, are tapped down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there even are the story so many... of creation. Go, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go right ahead. And even the story of creation, I, I never looked at it before like, like this, like what it actually reads. And that was that when they, God, created man, Adam, and their image and likeness, not only was he a three-part being, but when he put Adam to sleep, he pulled an entire woman out of Adam. <laughs> I never thought. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And there are so many places in scripture where God is portrayed, a woman represents God. I mean, the, yes. the um, 
woman who loses her coin and sweeps the house to find her coin? Who is the one who is looking for the sheep? Who is the one who is looking for the for the lost coin? It's God who's looking for it, and it happens to be a woman. I mean, we could go on with lists and lists of feminine attributes that represent God, but we don't. And as you said before, this has been going on for centuries. Uh, the, the Victorian era, the Victorian era was a time where the Bible was a main part of their life in everything. But they were so so fearful of of anything that so ta- that sex was so taboo to them that they did not understand it or even want to understand it or, you know, even women were not allowed to uh, enjoy intercourse. I mean, for crying out loud in a time like that, that, that's where we get most of our interpretation and understanding of the Bible. If If they had that kind of a culture, how could they explain anything about gender, sexuality, and in God's word? Exactly. Exactly. And, and I'm not so condemning true. them. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for them that they, in, in that culture, you know, but if we can't learn beyond that, when Jesus said, I have many things to teach you and many, many things, but, but you are not ready for them yet, that, then we should be continuing to learn about God's word, not hanging on to antiquated views. Yeah. That is so what you know, so many people want to cling to, well, I just prefer the King James Version and not all of these. And I have always asked people, who is King James? Yeah, oh, right. And they can't answer. <laughs> well, can't well answer and, and there, there's a lot of history in the whole King James issue as well. And, you know, I, I don't like to, you know, condemn any translation of the Bible. I tell people, you want to read King James, that's fine. I, you know, I, I, I actually preach from the New King James because I realize if I preach from New American Standard, people would have problem following along as I read and stuff. So, you know, I, I would use the New King James. But when, if you just take the different translations that we have, and I say translations, when in reality we don't have a lot of translations, there are translations and paraphrases and versions, and the King James is not a translation. It's a version, which means that it was built upon other translations into English at that particular time. And Spanish people don't have King James, and neither do French, and so on and so forth, you know. So Paul did not speak in King James. That's you know, right. It, it, it was no not Shakespearean written. Shakespearean talk, <laughs> correct. Yeah, so, you know, if if that's what you want to read, if you like to read Shakespeare, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. If you like to hear no. the these and the thou's and the Bible, there's there's nothing wrong with that. But open your mind a little bit when you're studying. And look at some other translations, unless, unless you've studied Hebrew and Greek, which I have, you know, unless, and I'm not fluent in them, but I can go back and do my research in them. You know, if you haven't done that, then at least look at different versions and translations and paraphrases to try to understand a passage a little better. Yes, I so agree with that. And I encourage everyone who's LGBT, especially, if you want to know yourself on, on such a divine level, then don't run from the Word of God. Lean into it. Amen. Will, Amen. Yeah. Yeah. You'll discover that you'll end up learning more than the people who are uh, some of the people who are actually in the pulpit 
uh, a barking and, and fear mongering. But but it is important. It, it is important, I would say, for the LGBT to, if they're not familiar with the Bible and it's hard for them to read and to understand, and they feel like they need someone to help them along, they they need someone who's inclusive. That yeah. they, they need a pastor or a friend or someone who's familiar with the Bible who is inclusive in their understanding, because yeah. otherwise people they do weaponize the Bible, and it's sad that it happens that way. But I, I have run into so many people who have just c- continue to to use the Bible that way, and it's and it's tragic. It is. Tragic. It, it really is. And I so agree with that. And for any individual out there who's thinking about, well, I don't have a church home, I don't even have a church near me, there is an online presence and a pastor that I am speaking yeah. with right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, thank you, thank you. I, I, I really believe that there are lots of lots of people like me uh, out there, and thank you for promoting mine because, of course, I, I want people to hear me. But, but there are there is so much out there of of people that are affirming, uh, inclusive, uh, that that you don't have to attend a church where somebody's going to weaponize God's word, um, yeah. and and. and I realize that in the, in my church at that particular time, in fact, I was a um, district pastor. I had three small churches. Um, and so every week I would go to these three churches, uh, not, not, and I would have elders to speak in whenever I wasn't there. Um, and, and so, you know, it's constantly trying to help bring balance to what somebody else might say when I wasn't there. And so, you know, I, I had to help my transgender friend to realize if I'm not there, you might hear something that's not going to be as loving and as, as and as inclusive as I would be. Please don't judge our congregation because of this. You know, um, let me know when this happens or if anything is done that is in any way offensive because I will certainly address it. But but uh, I was judged, I was criticized, you know, by <laughs> by some of the members. Fortunately, to the most part, I have to say, to the most part, the the, the congregation welcomed them and opened their arms to them. But there will always be there will always be those who hang on to their tradition, and and it is a cross that we have to bear. <laughs> it is. I mean, from what it sounds like in in uh, St. Matthew's, when Jesus was talking about whoever can receive what I'm about to say, receive it. And mm-hmm. not all men mm-hmm. shall marry. There are some that are born that way. And that blew my mind. Oh, I never yeah. knew oh, that right. eunuchs in the Bible were really the LGBT community. Oh, no, absolutely. A- absolutely. <laughs> they, they, were, they were judged because of their gender. Because of their, you know, it's it's like this isn't anything new, you know. That this is a message here for us, um, if if we're willing to open our eyes and 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 read an ancient manuscript in a way to where we're looking at the culture of the time and not just reading into our own culture. um, We we need to understand what was going on back then, you know. So Uh, Johnny, Johnny. Eric Santata, and, and I'm probably going to misquote this, 
So I'm paraphrasing. She one time said something. Um, You've got to carry a cross if you're going to wear a crown. Mm. Uh, you, you know, and so uh, I, I don't like to make in wow. any way um, salvation a works-oriented thing. Please don't get me wrong. But on the other hand, if we do plan to wear a crown someday, if we're not willing to carry the cross for somebody else, then we're not going to get it. You know, if, right. if we're not willing, if we're not willing to be shamed and criticized and um, crucified in whatever way they may do it in our culture. I mean, we, we do not, as the Bible says, we have not suffered unto blood. <laughs> you know, no. it, 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 we, we, people might get angry at me, but they're uh, highly unlikely to crucify me. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I'm not willing to stand up for the marginalized people around me, then forget the crown. If you can't carry the That's cross, right. forget the crown. That's right. Take up the and, and the beauty of it, the beauty of it is when you do that, Jesus says, my, my burden is light. He, yeah. he, he does it for us. He, he carries right. it in such a way to where, as you can hear it in my voice, you can see it on my videos. This is something that's exciting to me. So what? So somebody's yeah. going to criticize me or call me bad names or write bad things on, you know, that it, it, there is something about carrying your cross. So when you realize Jesus is the one who's bearing it, he's the one who's carrying it. There's actually joy in that. Yeah. It's not Absolutely. just a matter of saying, yeah, it's not just a matter of saying, okay, I'm going to be thankful for this, even though it hurt. Yeah, sometimes, but to the most part, there is an excitement and a joy in saying, wow, I'm doing something that is so important in the time frame in which I am living. Mm. That it gets people's attention, whether it's good or bad. Absolutely. And most people don't see this in the light of Jesus that we read. But what I have noticed, and it makes me very proud to, when I say I'm a Christian, is that I'm not rubbing elbows with the Sadducees and the Pharisees of our church organizations today. Yeah. And yeah. Jesus did not do that. They hated him. In fact, we know oh, that's right. that they crucified him, the church. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to live like Jesus, then you're going to really agitate the church. That is what I get out of the lesson. Yes. Yes. So, Pastor, tell us, tell us really fast, uh, what do you want to see happen within this ministry within the, within the next 10 years? What do you want to see? Because I know you're retired and you're doing this as 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 uh, post retirement, basically. What do you want to see happen? How do you want to see lives changed in the next ten years? Well, I I do think that in any kind of a ministry, whether we are preaching in to a multitude, to a group, to a large congregation or a small congregation, or whether we're doing it online or in a one-on-one -on -one Bible study that, that we really are reaching people only one at a time. You know, it's, it's the heart that has changed in individuals, but as hearts change in individuals, so does culture. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that, boy, I don't want to get into any political issues, but 
when I see the things that go on in, in our politics today to where LGBTQ, women's rights, those kinds of things, we are going backwards 50 years. It's like, are you yeah. really kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, it's, so so t- 10 years it. down the road, I, I, I hope it doesn't take 10 years. You know, I, I, I hope that uh, quickly we see changes in our society and changes in our culture and people little by little, whether it might just be one little old grandma in a church saying, you know, they might not like this person, but I like them. You know, I, I know that she's transgender, but she's just really special, and I want her to feel comfortable here. I, I think that when I think that when the congregation changes, because you don't change it from the top, I think when individuals in the congregation begin to be accepting and loving, it, it, you make a change there. And so I, I just hope to be a part of it. I, I, I don't think I'll ever look back and say, hmm, that's what I did. You know, but 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 yeah. to see things change and improve and say, you know, something I was a part of that. There you I was go. a part of that. Yes, and that you know, a decade is is, is a long time to most. But of course, oh. as as we get older, we know that ten years <laughs> can fly by. Oh, isn't that the truth? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yes. And here we are. I believe we are. Aren't we ten years past? The point of electing our first African American president. Yes, yes, yes. Isn't that awesome? And we've got an African American vice president. Vice president. You know, that's right. Woman of color. A, a woman for crying out loud. You know, we're, we're, yes. we're we we are moving ahead. I am doing. But it does take a while, though. You're right, though. Oh, oh, oh my, oh my, and 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 certainly we've got enough people trying to take us backwards. But if we can just keep moving forward, and and I started to say I'm doing substitute teaching in my retirement, uh, and and it's uh, I'm working in a middle school. I am so pleased. Now kids are kids. There will always be fighting and there will always be bullying and there will always be that kind of stuff. But what I see in in this younger generation is more accepting of kids for, my yeah. goodness, I was picked on because of the kind of clothes I wore or where I parted my hair or you name it, I was picked on, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I see, I see boys with their fingernails polished. I see girls, you, you know, I, I see girls. I yeah. see kids who they're some of them are pretty clear that they're they're out, you know. Others yeah. who aren't, but I see kids accepting them and loving them. And I think I think that we have a culture of kids growing up who are going to be far more accepting than I was than, than my culture was. Which when is I was so awesome to hear, and I agree oh, with yes. that. I hear that all the time. Too. Yeah. Now you yeah. touched on something that I was, is actually my next question, and that mm-hmm. is childhood. What was your childhood like? Because you have turned into obviously an extraordinary human being. So what? Oh, what wow. Did your parents put this into you? Was it your? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk to us about that. No. You know, I will say that my parents raised us not to be racist. Um, unfortunately, I think that there was a lot of hidden racism 
that we were not even aware of that was going on that I grew out of. Uh, my, my parents were um, uh, low to middle class. We didn't have much. Uh, we, I grew up in West Virginia. I love West Virginia. Um, but it um, was a very, very conservative community, very conservative family. We did not attend church very often. I mean, we were in and out of church, but very conservative. And so certainly the idea of uh, of homosexuals, you know, being acceptable was not something that we talked about one way or the other. It was something that was pretty much avoided. I do think my parents tried as best they could to raise us to be accepting and loving of people, but not not in any intentional, studious, instructional way, you know. Right. Uh, they did the so, best they could. And, oh, and to be honest with you, I don't think I have a single person in my family who supports what I'm doing right now. Wow. Not, not a single person. And and when when this first started happening, um, and as I told you about the transgender. It suddenly dawned on me that though I don't know of anyone in my family who is LGBT, that chances are there is someone in the closet. And so I wrote a letter. My coming out of the, Usually that's <laughs> the case. Yeah. Yes. My coming out of the closet letter. And I said, here's where I am. I'm not coming out as LGBTQ, but I'm coming out standing in their behalf. And I wrote a series of letters that addressed all six of the of the clobber verses and sent them to every single family member that I could get an address for. Wow. And to be honest with you, nobody likes it. <laughs> you know, they, they still, to the most part, they love me and whatever, but they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. So, so sometimes the hardest cross to carry is the one of your own family that rejects you for who you are. But if I have to accept that rejection so that somewhere down the line, I don't have any children. Um, so somewhere down the line, if I have a niece or a nephew or a great niece or a nephew or something that, that comes out, I will have broken the ice for them. Uh, I will have written the first letter, you know. Um, if that helps in some way, Praise the Lord. If somehow my family that rejects everything that I say about this will someday say, hmm, maybe Chet was right, <laughs> that, then I, I, I'm happy with that, you know. Yes. And I agree. Again, bravo for your courage and your bravery. A lot of people think that peer pressure is only in, 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 in elementary school, middle school, high school. Peer pressure never Oh, oh, never does. No, you're right. Yeah, it still hurts, you know, at at any age. It still hurts to be ostracized. That's correct. Yep. That's correct. And I so relate to what you're talking about on a personal level. I know my family is full of ministers and preachers as well. And all of them have shunned everything that I have uh, said or and done in regards to this. Like you said, they don't want to hear it. Yeah, oh, brother. I'm, but but your willful you ignorance, yeah. you know, and I've told them, your willful ignorance does not change reality. That's right. So. Yeah, that's right. 
But when your children come to you and your grandchildren come to you on this topic, you know, you will be prepared if you want to or not. You'll say, oh, yeah, it, yes. It, yes, yes, yes. And, and, and I just hope that they come to them in a way of saying, rather than leaving a, a, a suicide letter, I, I hope that they come out, you know. Yes, God. Yes, God. Oh, boy, there's so much work to do in this vineyard. So, okay, next question. We're almost done. <laughs> if, if, you oh, no. collaborate, <laughs> if you could collaborate with anyone on a project, who would it be and why? Wow. Good question, huh? That that's that's the hardest one to to answer because <laughs> I I don't know that I can put my finger on on an individual. I love collaborating with um, open minds, and I don't know where I I don't care where they come from. Um, you know of whether they're Christian. Uh, whether they're Buddhist, whether they're atheist, whether they're of my denomination or of another denomination, I love to find common minds who are open, even whether they fully agree or not. They say, I want to study. I want to learn more. You know, yeah. that's who I want to collaborate with. I have more fun collaborating with with strangers or people that I meet, such as meeting you. You know, find out about your ministry. You find out about mine. We've texted back and forth a couple of times. We've viewed each yeah. other. And it's like, this is who I want to collaborate with. Don't know them at all. I want to collaborate with them. <laughs> Isn't that something? It just it yeah. reminds me of Jesus and what he talked about. The prophet gets no honor in his, his own home or his own hometown. Oh, yes. Yes. This Here are so my similar. brothers and sisters. Yes. There we go. There yeah, we go. Lord. Amen, you know, brother. I believe that yeah. the Holy Spirit spoke to me on this concerning, you know, my family, and I felt so alone. You feel so alone when you're launching out, especially when you're used to being a collaborative effort mm-hmm. in ministry. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Lord, I don't know if I could do this without my family. And mm-hmm. I believe oh, yeah. that I heard a little calm, peaceful voice say, there are more than 7 billion people on this planet. You are not alone. Amen. Amen. I just wanted to share that with you as well. You are not alone. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. When I, when I meet people like you, it's like, you know, I, I I look forward. maybe someday we'll meet, you know, if not, we, we certainly will in the kingdom and we'll say, remember that conversation we had? Yes. Well, Uh, I'm hoping this won't be our last conversation. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I was kind of hoping you would say say that. You saw I was kind of beating that. (laughs) (laughs) This will not be our last conversation. (laughs) Good deal, man. Good deal. So can I ask you, I know we talk a lot about uh, passion and conviction. And I think I know the answer to this, and I'm sure the the uh, audience, the radio audience, also probably knows this answer as well. But what would you say, in your own words, is your greatest passion and conviction? You know, I I don't want to make this really sound cliche because it's anything but. 
but just telling people about the love of Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, there there are so many there are so many hurting people uh, in, in the world today, and and it's got to be more than just saying the words. Uh, I hear it all the time. I love you. I love you, but um, I don't like what you're doing. Um, you know, I love you, but I don't love your sin or whatever, you know, those kinds of things. Love is more than just words. And to be able to share with people the love of Jesus wherever they are, whether whether they are LGBTQ or whether they're straight or whether they are black or white or or whether they are on the south of the border or the north of the border or whether they're around the world, it doesn't matter. The love of Jesus, you know, it is, it is my passion. And in whatever context that it's in, I get excited about talking about. <laughs> oh, beautiful. And I agree. And it does not sound cliche. I had a conversation no, with, with someone a couple of days ago, and it, I released some music, and they were asking me, why are you singing Christian gospel music when the church has – rejected you or don't believe in this progressive Christianity that, that you are involved in. And I said, well, I don't, I'm not doing it for the church. They are the last people that are on my mind. I'm thinking about all of the folks that have been rejected and hurt, cast out, don't know if God really loves them, and they're struggling there. That's what all of this is, is about. And just as you said, the only thing I want to do is just tell people the truth, and that is God loves you, God is in you, you are made in his image and in his likeness. That is a powerful message. Yeah. And, and, and partially, I have you to say for that, because I, I listen to preachers and pastors constantly trying to put in my spirit and in my consciousness the, the word of God and the good news. Mm-hmm. That is literally the good news. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it is, and right. something that you, something there that you mentioned too that I, I want to kind of pick up on is the whole issue of church attendance. Uh, I, uh, my wife and I, we don't go to church. There's just there. In fact, she just recently got a, a job as a secretary of of a church of a different faith than what we were uh, down the road, and she loves it. They love her. Um, you know, we, we have a relationship with them. We have church in our home and we have Bible study in our home on middle midweek. Uh, I would love someday to maybe start a church of my own. I don't know. You, you know, I, 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 it wouldn't be any particular denomination, but I also understand. I really understand that there are some people that the corporate worship is something that they miss and that's something that they need. And if in any way I can help churches, congregations, to be a more open and more affirming and inclusive of LGBTQ people who really feel that they need that, they need that group type setting. They need to be able to get into a group of people who sing Kumbaya or something. You know what I mean? Um, yes. Some people, some people need that. Um, I, I, I'm, I don't need it in the sense that I, I get all that I need from a small group of people meeting in my home and worshiping together. I think that that's more of what they did in the New Testament, anyway. Um, Agreed. In, in, 
in small group home home kind of churches. But for those who who desire, who are LGBTQ and feel that they are there's something missing and they want that maybe they grew up in a church and and they can't they don't feel welcome then if there's anything that i can do to help congregations to be more inclusive and more accepting even if it's just one member at a time for those people who feel that need then i certainly don't want to discourage them to say oh you don't need to go to church or whatever you know and unless they're just really feeling like i can't i can't take this anymore you know Right. It's it's a it, it's a tough it's a tough thing to explain to people and to share with them that if it's if it is not an inclusive church it does not have my support I, I, I can't be there I I can't be there but if I can help it to become more inclusive even if it's one person at a time I'll do my best to do that <laughs> Yes I agree and that's really good to know. That's really good because it, being a pacifist in a way is also a part of the problem that we see in church. I believe that a lot of, of the congregation, they don't care, but they won't speak up out of fear oh, oh, of rejection. Oh, that's well. right. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. While good so, yeah, men thank slept, you for evil ones. Yeah. Yeah. While good men slept, evil ones came in and sowed bad seed. I can't right. tell you how many times I've seen people just, they know I've talked to them personally one-on-one and they, they, they are supportive, but when it comes down to a vote or speaking up or saying something, they're going to remain silent. You know? That's right. That's right. That's mm-hmm. not a good thing. So tell us what you want people to know most about you. What do you want basically on your headstone, your tombstone, what do you want the world, what do you want all of eternity to know most about you, your ministry, <laughs> your past, who you are? Um, you know, I, I read a book one time that was titled, um, now I'm going to forget the title, but but it was about it, it it was it was right on the tip of my tongue and as soon as I said it it was gone. But um, it, it was really about um, coming up with a six word epitaph that 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 states who you are and and how beautiful that can be to 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 just have six words. And I maybe I wish I maybe I need to do that someday. But I, I think it would like to just be something really simple. It, it wouldn't have to be you know real articulate or anything it's just something simple like loved by god and loved god um loved others as himself i I don't know you know it just really has to center around i wish i could come up with a quick catchy phrase but i can't write offhand (laughs) but i think it'd be something to do and, and that is that I love God. I know that I am loved by God, even though sometimes I'm not as lovable as I'd like to be. I am loved by God, and God loves me, and I love God, and I love other people, and sometimes they don't really deserve it, but I love them anyway, because God loves me when I don't deserve right. it. You know? That's right. Yeah. Um, and and, oh, and that's anyway, beautiful. Any way that we can get that out, whether that is podcasts or YouTubes or 
wherever, across the fence to the neighbor, you know, uh, to just let people know. I, I, I hope that when I die, you know, that people will say, you know, he really had a godly spirit. He really was a caring and loving person. That is beautiful, and that is what the world needs more of. And I don't want to sound cliche either when I say that, but the world, look at the state of the world today. Oh, yeah. Not just the oh, United yeah. States, you know, the entire world. Oh, yeah. Human yeah. trafficking, child abuse, mm-hmm. and child molestation is, is record high in this country mm-hmm. and out of this country. Love, it is, is what is needed. And if yes, we can yes. say that we walked on this planet in love, for love, and loving all, that is the greatest, the greatest Amen. thing that we could ever do. Amen. So, no, that is beautiful. That, well, well, thank you. I, and and I, think, I think you helped articulate that by just what you said there, too. You know, that, that's, that, that's what it takes. It, it's the simple words. It's the simple words. It doesn't need to yeah. be, you know, it, it just needs to be the simple words. That's right. Yeah. And simple actions to go along with those words. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was um, St. Saint Francis of Assisi that said, preach the gospel at all times. If necessary, use words. That's <laughs> you right. know, m- m- much That's of right. our preaching is, is how we treat people, not, not so much in what we say. That's right. That is the words are cheap. Actions are mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Everyone, I really, if you're just tuning in, unfortunately, you, you, you've come in a little late, but we have been having a fantastic conversation with Pastor Chester Hitchcock. He is a part of Bullet and Flight Radio. He's a part of our segment, Sexuality in the Church, uh, on a, every Saturday and every Monday, as well as he has his own segment on Wednesday, every Wednesday morning, so it's driving to work every Wednesday morning, especially if you're on the East Coast. He will be on from 7.30 to 8 o'clock every Tuesday. And again, you can join Pastor Chester Hitchcock every Saturday and every Monday during our Sexuality and the Church segment. So, Pastor, this is the R. I'm so sorry we're wrapping it up. <laughs> such a good oh, I, yeah, I, I could go on and on for a long time. Thank you so much for this time. I really look forward to the next time when we can have a conversation like this. But um, you, you have blessed my soul today by just giving me this opportunity to have this conversation with you, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, it's my pleasure. Now, my last question is, Tell yes. all of our listeners, because we have listeners in, in Indonesia, we have uh, listeners in Ireland and the Ukraine and just globally right now, praise God for that. Tell everyone Amen. where they can Amen. find you on social media. Well, uh, I do have Facebook, uh, and it just um, goes by my name, Chester Hitchcock. Uh, the best way to find me on YouTube, uh, you know, I could give you one of those great big long YouTube <laughs> numbers and that's not going to be helpful. But if you just put Chester Hitchcock YouTube, you will come to my um, my, my main page. Uh, on my main page, I have uh, 140 maybe videos. Uh, those videos are divided into sections. And if you're particularly interested in 
um, LGBTQ, there is a playlist that is called God Loves the LGBTQ Plus Community. And so if you, if you YouTube, Chester Hitchcock YouTube, um, and select the playlist for whichever one that you're interested in, um, I would love to, love to talk with people there. Yes, and just to let you all know that if you leave a message, Pastor Hitchcock is, is very good at, at commenting and getting back with you, so he, he, he won't ghost you. It's not going, your message won't, or comment won't go into an empty void, but it will be Amen. seen. And he's Amen. always gracious enough to reply back or to like what you said. So for those that like what he is saying, or even if you don't like what he's saying, don't be rude. Listen and learn. This pastor is, is, is educated. He is truly educated uh, in theology, and, and he is a fantastic teacher. That is what he does. His words, his tone is kind and relaxing. I, I find him very enjoyable, and I know a lot of the listening audience have, have been tuning in from all over the world as well, and they are obviously finding you very enjoyable. So I encourage everyone listening please check out Pastor Chester Hitchcock. And again, he is within our sexuality and the church block every Saturday and every Monday, as well as he has his own feature every Wednesday morning. Pastor Chester, I want to thank you so much again for taking the time out to come onto the radio and talk to little old me and our listening audience today and keeping us encouraged and we are going to continue to support you and hold you down and cover you in faith as well. So thank you so much for your time today. Well, thank you, Jess, for your time as well. Thank you for your ministry. I am so honored to be a part of your ministry, and I, I look forward to the time when we can have this conversation again. Yes, sir. We're God bless you, you back on, that's for sure. God, God bless, bless you, you my friend. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.